Welcome to the WVS Podcast, brought to you by WeddingVideographySchool.com, your online resource for building a wedding videography business from start to finish. And now, here's your host, Michael Lee Ring. Hey guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Thanks for listening to another episode of the WVS Podcast. Uh, got lots of reviews um, from people over the last uh, week or two, so really, really grateful for everybody who's left a review. Uh, it really does help out the show, and I, I appreciate it more than you know. So if you're listening to this show and you, you uh, enjoy it, please, please, please just go on iTunes, leave me a five-star review with your comments, and feel free to uh, tell us uh, where you, where you, well, not where you, I was going to say, tell us where you live. <laughs> give us your give your uh, give your address out uh, in the review. No, don't do that. But do tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and maybe the name of your company or something like that in the review. Give a shout out to your yourself, basically, and uh, I will read your review on the air. Possibly, we'll see. Depends on how good it is uh, or how funny it is. Because even if it's a bad review but it's funny, I'll probably still read it. Got a couple, uh, got a couple reviews that I'm gonna read right now. Actually, this is my first week doing this. Um, I got one here from Trevor Barone. Trevor says, "I find these podcasts super valuable as an upcoming wedding videographer. I wish there were more. In fact, I will sometimes listen to uh, two and three. Oh, I will listen to these podcasts two and three times because I find them that useful. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, Trevor." I know there's some podcasts I, I listen to out there that are not on, not on wedding videography, but on other topics that I find interesting. And I'll, I'll listen to those over and over as well, just because they're, they're just so good and there's so much information. So I really appreciate uh, that comment there. Uh, Trevor says, maybe you can do critiques for your listeners to add another level of interactivity. I finished my first video and I'm getting close to releasing my second and I would love to hear what an experienced videographer would have done differently, especially for the storytelling aspect of wedding films, uh, not just lighting, uh, etc. Thanks again and I look forward to your next release. And that's Trevor Barone uh, with Barone Productions. B-A-R-O-N-E. Look up Trevor, everybody. Give him a, give him a critique. Send him an email, get it, get on his website and shoot him a message with a critique of his work. Uh, that would be great for Trevor. Uh, let's see here. We got another one this time. Uh, Zayboeski or Zabowski or I'll just, I'll just call this person a little, little Zabowski. Cause I think the big one's already taken. Uh, Michael has, in my opinion, the best wedding videography podcast available. The information he gives is relative, relevant to today's market, and he doesn't hold back key details from us. He talks about everything from equipment to money, management, taxes, and even SEO. Yes, SEO, that's, that's the thing that everybody likes to hear about. He has also had a few guest speakers who were able to give us a different perspective on wedding videography. He even takes the time to reply to your emails, though he has a hectic schedule, which is definitely true. Uh, I do have a hectic schedule. I probably talk about it every week on this podcast, <laughs> uh, but I do try to reply to as many emails as possible. Uh, so you can always email me at michael at weddingvideographyschool.com. And my first name is M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Uh, Zabow Lil Zabowski says, if you are looking to get into wedding videography or looking for advice to maximize your business potential, this is the podcast for you. Thank you so much. That was a great review. Uh, little Z really appreciate it. Um, yeah. So if you guys want to leave a review and, uh, mention who you are and your company name and all that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm happy to read these reviews on the show. So get those reviews in people. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. Can't say thank you enough. So I will stop, uh, with that. Uh, Today's show, well, actually, I'll tell you real quick. I was in Steamboat Springs, Colorado last weekend. Drove up on Friday, shot a wedding there Saturday, then got up early Saturday morning, basically as the sun was coming up, and uh, drove straight down to Boulder, Colorado, which is about three and a half, 
three or three and a half hours. Actually, I think it was about three, three hours away. And I uh, shot a wedding there all day. So I uh, did about nine hours of driving total in the weekend and uh, did two 12-hour wedding days. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was a bit of a rough, a rough weekend. Just, you know, it's probably one of the rougher weekends I've had just because the second wedding was great, but it was 100 degrees. And so I was kind of already tired from the previous day, like feeling a little, feeling a little low energy, you know, but then that sun came out and it was just a hundred degrees and everything was outside. The wedding was, the ceremony site was in the blazing sun. The cocktail hour site was like just a little ways over from that. Thankfully that was kind of shaded by trees. And then the wedding reception itself was in a, in an outdoor tent. So there was no, there was no AC is what I'm saying. And, uh, I think I sweated through my shirt, um, five minutes after I got out of the car. So, so yeah. Uh, and I'm going to be leaving here in about a half hour, right after I record this podcast, I'm going to head up to Aspen. So, uh, I'll shoot my, my first Aspen wedding. Um, if you can believe that I, I've been doing this for seven years and have never shot a wedding in Aspen, but I will do that uh, tomorrow. So um, enough about me. Enough about me. It's all about me around here sometimes. Sorry about that, but uh, I like to just kind of give the newbies kind of a peek into my life as a, a wedding videographer. So hopefully it's not too obnoxious for you. Um, today we got Dusty Jenkins. Dusty is from Cinepro Studios. You can check him out at cineprostudios.com. He's a Denver wedding videographer. And man, I remember when I was first getting started, Dusty, um, and there's a couple other names out there, but really Dusty is one of the only names kind of in this business that I can remember at least that's in Colorado or one of the very few people who's still doing weddings after like seven years. Um, he was around when I started and, um, it's funny. We had actually never met until like a year or two ago. I went to a videographer meetup up in Denver and, uh, we, we were both there. So I got to meet him there, but we didn't really speak because, uh, I was at one end of a really long table and he was at the other end of a really long table that, so, uh, we were just far away from each other and really just didn't get the chance to connect that day. Um, so I messaged Dusty and asked him if he wanted to be a part of this podcast and see if we could kind of interview him, talk about how he got started. Um, and so that's, that, that's what we've done. So I'm going to play that interview here in just a couple seconds. Um, we, like I said, we, we talked to him about getting started and, um, you know, he, he, he talked a little bit about how he worked with Ray Roman and, uh, I go, I tell, I'll tell you who that is. If you guys don't know in the, uh, in the interview, um, and we just kind of discussed a wide array of wide array of topics. So, uh, this podcast is definitely worth a listen. Hopefully you'll enjoy it and, uh, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the interview with Dusty. Jenkins. Hey, Dusty, it's good to have you on the show today, man. Hey, thanks for having me. It's a great opportunity. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I was talking to Dusty before that we started doing the interview and I was just mentioning that, you know, we, we really don't know each other very well. Uh, I've known that he exists for a long time in this industry and in Colorado. Uh, and we actually attended a meetup group together, but there were a lot of people there and I just never got around to talking to you. And so it's, uh, it's awesome to have a conversation with you today. Um, yeah, man, we had yeah. beers then and we can have a beer now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those, you guys can't see us, but we're both, uh, enjoying uh, a little alcoholic refreshment at the moment. <laughs> um, so the first question that I have for you is, you know, tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about how you got started. Yeah. So, um, you know, I started back as, you know, junior high, high school, just playing with cameras and friends and, you know, um, just really enjoyed the, um, just creating things, you know? And so 
that kind of led me to going to school at the Art Institute. And um, looking back, I, I probably wish I wouldn't have spent the $100,000 there and uh, went through the, the school of youtube.com that probably would have been a better decision for me but uh um anyways you know that's a whole nother story and another another uh podcast <laughs> but um yeah i just you know um graduated in 2010 and um decided if i was gonna to make this a living um i wasn't really gonna be able to work for someone else you know at 12 to 15 dollars an hour trying to pay back a hundred thousand dollar debt <laughs> so i <laughs> i just jumped in with you know head first or feet first or just belly flopped. I don't know what the heck, but started with, uh, you know, just marketing on Craigslist and hope for the best, you know? Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that first Craigslist ad. Um, a lot of people ask me how I got my first wedding and I always tell them basically I, I shot a wedding for a couple friends, but then, um, after that I just made a Craigslist post and offered to, to shoot a wedding for really cheap. Is that kind of what you did? Yeah, I never had, um, you know, an opportunity to do something for a friend. So I just thought, you know, I'll just put something out there for like 300 bucks. And that way, if I fail miserably, they won't be horribly upset, <laughs> you know, and they couldn't really like come after me because it was $300. You know, I didn't looking back, I felt bad for undercutting the market so horribly. <laughs> but, you know, you got to start somewhere, you know, like if you don't have a portfolio or an example to show someone, you don't really get the next booking, you know. So um, that's kind of why I went the way I did. But um, yeah, $300 uh, led me to uh, a very stressful event. <laughs> I, looking back, I you know, I think after that wedding, I thought, yeah, I don't know. Weddings, weddings are for me. I think I might need to try something else. This was a little too stressful, but you know, I just decided to keep trying it and got better and better as time went on, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's, I, you, you said something about how you're undercutting the market like crazy, which is definitely true. But I think people forget that like there's bride, there's couples who have all sorts of different budgets, right? You know, there's people who have a ton of money and who can go, go out and afford, you know, the videographer with 10 years of experience. And then there's people who can't go out and they can only afford the videographer with three months of experience. Right. So, you know, I think it's important to keep that in mind when they're thinking about their pricing. I think you should probably base it a little bit more on experience. Um, yeah. And if it's your first time doing a wedding, it's going to be hard for you to go out and charge a thousand dollars. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's, if you don't have any videos to show in a portfolio or something, then it'll be hard for you to just go out and book a wedding for a thousand bucks. Um, we, we all got to start somewhere. So, um, no, I totally agree. I, um, when you mentioned that it reminded me of this time, I, I had the pleasure of actually, um, carrying a bag around for Ray Roman. And that was a topic that came up was, you know, after the, the wedding was over, we're riding this gondola down and, and I was asking him like about pricing. Cause I was thinking, I think at the time I was probably like in the 1500, maybe to 2000 range, you know, and I'm trying to like get as much information from this like wedding genius, you know, and I'm like, man, like, how do I, how should I be doing my marketing? Like, you know, and he basically said where I was at was probably the right price for the time being. But I was, my question was, but if I raise my price, aren't you going to be concerned that I'm like competing with your market? And he goes, no, man, even if you're the same price as me, there's no way that there's not enough of us to fulfill the amount of brides that need their wedding filmed. He said, there's <laughs> so many couples out there that need their wedding filmed. He said, I'm not worried about you taking business from me. And he was probably just being nice because he probably, you know, <laughs> saw how I was operating at the time and was like, dude, you are not competing with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's cool, man. And for those of you who don't know, Ray Roman is kind of like a, uh, I, I don't know. Maybe some people would call him a pioneer of like the modern day wedding video. Um, it used to be, you know, two hours of footage and you just roll on everything at a wedding. And then Ray Romano and a couple other people kind of came along and kind of switched that whole idea. And now we have kind of like these more modern, like seven minute wedding videos and stuff. So, um, yeah, man, that's, that's really cool. Um, so I guess tell us a little bit about, um, you know, your, your kind of approach to, to booking brides and, 
and working with your clients? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, since since 2012, we kind of rebranded after working, you know, after having the opportunity to, to shadow Ray Roman um, and see how he actually did his weddings. You know, I wanted to be able to do more of those destination style weddings and the, the luxury um, higher end weddings. Um, it was funny because, excuse me, we um, walked. There's a bee kind of chasing me around here <laughs> outside right now. But uh, anyway, yeah, we walk into the reception hall of this wedding uh, that Ray had hired me to be a production assistant for. And I was like, I must have just my jaw must have just been hit in the floor. <laughs> and he goes, dude, don't, don't sweat this. I've been to weddings that make this look like a backyard barbecue. <laughs> and I'll go, well, how, much, how much do you think they've spent on this? He's like, oh, easy, 100,000, you know. But, you know, I just, my, I was so like awestruck and because before then, you know, I was using Craigslist to market myself, you know, I didn't realize that that was even a market, you know, like people are spending over a hundred thousand dollars on a wedding. It just didn't seem real to me. So once we rebranded, um, you know, just really focusing on, uh, my SEO, which is search engine optimization. If some, some people just getting started aren't, you know, familiar with the term, but, um, focusing on organic, um, uh, search results uh, was always a, a high priority of mine and and starting out you know like a lot of other people I used wedding wire and the knot and I will say this I got way more bookings from the wedding wire than I ever did with the knot I mean it was probably a thousand bucks a year for both of them I can't remember what I was spending but I may have gotten one booking from the knot whereas I was getting like 12 from wedding wire so you know, for anybody that's coming on, uh, just starting out, I would, I, and thinking about where do I spend my marketing dollars? You know, the wedding wire is pretty solid from my experience, uh, starting out. Yeah. It's interesting. I've talked to a ton of different people about wedding wire and the knot and every experience seems to be different. Like I think yeah. I might've booked one wedding from wedding wire really? and then, like 10 weddings from some like forum on the knot where some oh, bride wow. was just gave me like a great review in a forum like i didn't even pay for it oh cool so like it's really weird how those sites work and how they they work great for some people and then just not great at all for others so i don't know if the key is like having a great profile or what it is about those sites but yeah i've you know, I, I have to agree with you on the organic search stuff. Um, and I just, we just did an episode on SEO and my, my whole thing has been, you know, I don't want to pay to be number one on Google cause everybody skips past those ads at the top. Yeah. They all know they're paid for. They just go right down to those organic search results. Yep. And so for me, my, I, I always knew, man, if I could just be on that first page of Google, um, for the market that I'm in, it's, it's going to be pretty smooth sailing. Um, cause if you have a good product and you're putting yourself on the front page of Google, um, in an organic result, you're, it's hard to, it's hard to mess up at that point. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. It's yeah. You got to get in front of the people looking for you for sure. So what are, what are some, uh, what are some things that you've kind of done in terms of your website? Um, maybe it's design related or, blog related or something that kind of, how do you feel, you know, what are, what are the things that you're doing that are kind of putting you up, uh, getting you kind of that good SEO? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, can't give away all my secrets, you know, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously though, um, there's, there's so many tips and tricks, you know, and a lot of people, you know, have said, I use Vimeo or, the Mayo or whatever you pronounce the, <laughs> the, the hosting site for videos on the professional end. But, you know, I just, to me, I've had better luck with YouTube, you know, um, that's probably where, where I spend most of my, my time. I haven't uploaded something to Vimeo in a few years now. Um, and weirdly enough, it's super sad. I haven't touched my actual own website in probably two years. And I'm just like, what, how, the SEO guy I hired back in like the early days of 2010 through 12 must have put some solid anchors out there for me because I don't know, like things don't seem to be shifting that much. And I'm just everything because I offer some SEO consulting and service to other clients. We now 
let me back up. So we, we do weddings are about 30% of our business now. And we've kind of rebranded into more of like the corporate nonprofit and, you know, website design, just kind of more of a, an agency, if you will. But my passion has always been storytelling and, and really showing those love stories, you know, and so I'll never stop doing weddings. Um, but when it comes to, to marketing, I always find myself spending more time helping other people rank their, their page. And then I look at my site and I'm like, man, I need to like spend some time and update my own site. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's kind of been put to the side a little bit. And so um, that's, that's a project that's been on the back, back burner for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, that, it's funny that you said that. Cause I know for me, like I've gotten to the point where I don't really need to update my website all that often. Um, and the great thing about Google and the way they kind of rank things is it's, it's all about relevance, right? So if you're putting yep. content out there that is relevant to what your clients are searching for and your clients find you and click on your website and they stay there for more than 60 seconds or whatever the time limit is, you know, you're going to, you're going to keep ranking. Well, um, if Google sees that people are clicking on your, your website and you know, maybe you're a wedding videographer, but most of your website is dedicated to, uh, uh, you know, your favorite book collection or something <laughs> that's not really <laughs> it's not really relevant right or here's a better example if you're a wedding videographer but you also um do corporate videos and you also do bar mitzvahs and you also do birthday parties and you also do funerals and like all this stuff and you put it all on one website then sometimes you know people are going to say ah. Oh, they're going to bounce really quick away from that website and Google's going to say, okay, we're going to lower this, you know, website a little bit in the rankings because people are leaving sooner versus other sites yeah, um, that, that keep them engaged with the one specific thing that they're there for. So that's definitely something for people to keep in mind. Um, so let's, let's talk about some business stuff. Like, you know, in terms of like working with clients and particularly brides, have you found that there's any any specific ways that you like to talk to your clients or anything that you find that like helps you sell them on what you do? Yeah, I mean, personality really. I mean, I've always been kind of a a jokester and a you know, my my tagline or my signature in my email is my favorite quote from the movie The Elf, you know, or Elf. Um I just like to smile. Smiling's my favorite. And I get so much response from that. Like brides will be like, oh my gosh, I love to smile too. And that's my favorite video, you know, or my favorite movie. <laughs> so it's like <laughs> just starting off with that. Like I feel like, okay, we're, we're connecting just from a personality side point. I sprinkle emoticons as unprofessional as that sounds through my emails so much. And I get so, so much feedback from that. They're like, I love all your little smiley faces. I'm like, well, I like to smile. I just want you to hear my tone because in today's world you lose tone in an email, you know? And so, um, yeah, absolutely. most of our couples are from out of town and I used to meet, I used to take our couples out to like appetizers and get drinks or whatever. And now that, you know, I, I hardly meet the couple maybe two days before a wedding anymore. It's like most of our meetings are virtual, you know? And so it's been kind of tricky to, to portray that personality and keep it live and real, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you, man. I'm not much of a salesman. I I've never considered myself a salesman. I don't like selling people. I don't like trying to get people to buy something they don't really want. Um, it's just never been my thing. And so whenever, you know, I do a meeting with a client or, I mean, now I just do FaceTime and Skype calls or over the phone or whatever. Um, I don't really even go out and meet people in person anymore. Um, just cause I've kind of found it to be a little bit of a waste of time doing all the driving and everything. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, just acting like a normal person, I think, is huge. People want to work with people who are like them, who are normal, who have, you know, a sense of humor but are still professional. Um, and when it comes to weddings, they just want somebody who's going to show up to their wedding and do a good job. Like, that's really all they want is for you to show up on time, on the right date, for God's sake, <laughs> and then and – then, 
make a good video like that. Those are literally the credentials for being a wedding videographer. And I think sometimes we try to make it like way too complicated of like, Oh, I found this new like way to write an email. That's really like, uh, I don't know, convincing or whatever. And that stuff is, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's a time and a place for, you know, knowing how to, which words to use and how to communicate with people. But at the end of the day, it's like, are you a normal person or are you a weirdo? You know, (laughs) and if you're the latter, you're probably not going to get, uh, the, the bookings that you want. Yeah. No, it's funny. You said that. Um, I was just thinking on the right, the thing you said about the right date, I had a bride. So this is such a, a weird scenario. I had someone inquire about a wedding date, right? But they never booked us. And then as we got closer to the date, they had something going on that was supposed to be a a surprise to the bride and so the bridesmaid was like snooping through the bride's email and found the conversations between me and the bride and so the bridesmaid reached out to me and she's like yeah so next weekend for the wedding um this is what we're doing and i just want to make sure you guys are going to capture it and i was like having a panic attack because i'm like oh my god i don't have a contract for this wedding i don't think i have a contract for this wedding do i have a contract for this wedding (laughs) so i'm like digging through my files i'm like what did i miss where did i miss it but no, there was never a contract. So I was like, how am I going to write this email to this girl telling her we're not the video company that was hired if there even was one? You know, it was just super strange. But I always I always worry about that. Like, man, I'm going to wake up one day and get a phone call. Where are you? Today's my wedding. And I'm like, oh, crap, I did it. <laughs> yeah, that is my worst nightmare. And I have dreams about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, like, I literally have dreams where like I'm showing up and the ceremony starting and I haven't set up and all that kind of stuff. I, I hate it. I've had a couple planners do the same kind of thing where they sent me an email. Like they copied me on an email that I wasn't actually supposed to be on. And they'd send me a timeline for a date that I'm already booked. And it's like for a different couple. And I'm like, did I double book this date and then just totally forget about this other couple that I have? And of course I write back and I'm like, are you sure? And they're like, Oh no, sorry about that. And I'm like, I'm my, I've like sweated through my shirt by the time they get back to me. So, and that happened to me twice this last season. It was so obnoxious. I was like, you guys got to stop doing that. Cause I can only, I'm getting old, man. I'm 31. My heart can only take so much. I'm eating too much fast food. It's not good. Not in a good spot for that kind of, uh, that kind of scare. So well, uh, yeah, man, let, let's talk about, you know, missing stuff. Have you, what's like the worst kind of mistake you've ever made at a wedding? Or I, I know I'll just tell you mine real quick. One time I, uh, well, a couple things. One time I missed toasts. Like I missed like the video part of the toast. I record all my audio separate. So I actually got the audio, but I missed the video. I didn't, I didn't miss it, but like the clips disappeared and I'm still not quite sure how that happened. Um, and then one time I missed a first kiss because I, I was a really odd ceremony where it was basically the dad was doing the ceremony. So he's not like a professional officiant or anything. And just all of a sudden he told the couple they could kiss. And, uh, but before that he had everybody stand up. So like right before that he had the whole crowd stand up. And so as, as I was moving my camera, he told them they could kiss. So of course my side camera was blocked, my camera was blocked, and my back camera was blocked by people standing. So, uh, yeah, man, what what are some things that have happened to you, or am I am I just like totally unlucky compared to you? You're just unlucky. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it happens to everybody. <laughs> no, um, I mean, even like recently, and then the early days. There's just there's things. I that's my other biggest fear is like, yeah, you miss something super solid you know and it seems it usually seems to happen around the toasts you know that's that's one of the issues you know relying on someone else's audio feed and their audio feed is like all of a sudden not sending you any juice and you don't you're not like you don't have the time to leave your camera and go over and check like i use a monopod and um sometimes even handheld or um 
we're moving around, you know, it's not like we're just setting up a tripod and going and sitting down in the corner, you know? So it's hard for me to sometimes like set the camera up and then go check audio. I'm just relying that when we did sound check, that's the same settings that's going to be happening when the toasts occur, you know? And so, um, that's definitely happened in the past where, um, you know, maybe a, a file goes corrupt, you know, and, you're like, God, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, I, use, I, I do a lot of, you know, some, some people will have the bride and groom like read letters to each other or whatever. Um, I just do like sp spontaneous um, audio recordings, like soundbite stuff with the bride and groom, um, you know, early in the day. And so a joke, personality-wise, again, you know, something I, I like to play jokes. And so after a, a, a recording, you know, especially with the bride, I'll – joke with her and be like oh my gosh i'll look down at the recorder and be like this it wasn't recording we're gonna have to do this again and just like the look of devastation on their face i'm just like i'm just kidding i got it you know and then they're like oh my god you know like that's the hardest part about your entire day it's just kind of like fun because they're they're like so nervous for the day and then it's like after that moment <laughs> oh, you know they're just like okay okay this it's gonna be okay but this oh, one man. time i was like legitimately thought i was rolling on audio and didn't roll anything and i look down and i go to do the joke and i'm like oh the joke's on me i was like you're gonna hate <laughs> me but we're gonna have to do that again <laughs> yeah you i think you kind of deserve it for uh yeah, no. uh, yeah for, i stopped uh, doing that by the way ever since that i don't play that joke anymore I'm like, oh you yeah that's probably a good idea <laughs> yeah you learned uh learned a valuable lesson yeah yeah man uh you know sometimes things just happen and you just gotta roll with it and uh you know you know, particularly with the DJ thing, when you're doing a reception with the toast, I mean, if I get a weird feeling like, oh, I don't, I think this DJ doesn't quite know their system. And you can kind of tell when you walk up and you want to plug in and they're like, oh, I don't have an out for you. And you're like looking right up at the, the line out on the back of the speaker. And you're like, yeah, you do. It's right there. Can I just plug in? And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Like you kind of know that they don't really know what they're talking about sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes if I get a bad feeling, like I think they're going to screw up or I think their microphone is going to cut out or whatever, I'll set up like another microphone. Like either it's an external recorder, like right next to the speaker, or I'll even throw like a lav mic up over, like I'll put the lav mic on top of the speaker and then drape the lav part of the mic down in front of the speaker. Just so that like, if, if okay. I don't know, I, you know, there's just different things that I'll do. And if I think that, the uh the official or not the efficient but the dj is just not competent so yeah yeah yeah, yeah back, ever since those those fail moments that's how you start to learn how to put backups in place right <laughs> um i'm excited about uh instamic have you seen instamic at all no i haven't so um it, it was a indiegogo campaign i think um started like two years ago maybe a year and a half ago um, Mark, um, I don't know how to say his last name properly, so I'm not going to butcher that, but he's a good friend of Adam Bradley's and, um, he got his already and I'm like, man, where's mine? I ordered it like a year ago. I want mine, but it's this like little tiny mic and it has all these different attachments and you can just stick it right on the actual stick microphone and it will pick up the most solid audio. Um, you could even stick it right on the speaker if you wanted to, you could stick it anywhere. It's just this like little tiny square. And it's just going to be such a game changer. Um, but since I haven't gotten mine in, in the past, one thing that we've done is I'll take like a, uh, I used to have an identity crisis back in high school and I thought I was like a break dancer and we used uh, those sweatband wristband things a lot, you know, around your arms. <laughs> so I got two, I got two of those and I'll take like an Olympus recorder and I'll just put those little wristbands around the stick microphone and have my Olympus on the actual stick microphone. So when they're holding it, it's a little more bulky, but their audio is going straight into my uh, little little recorder. And ever since then, I've never missed any toast issues whatsoever. Oh, that's, that's a great I do, idea. I do get into to combat sometime with the DJ, though, because they'll look at you like, wait, what do you want to put on my microphone? I'm like, look, it's not going to hurt your microphone any. Like, get over yourself. I'm just sticking this on there. There's no stickiness. There's nothing. Just let me put it on there. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes you really got to, like, sometimes you guys just got to, like, push with these guys, you know? Yeah. 
uh, you know, I've had people tell me I couldn't plug in and then I'll just be like super persistent. And until they kind of see that I'm not going to go away. And then they're like, ah, all right, man, whatever you want, just don't screw anything up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like we should all be on the same team, you know, like for someone to, to try and sabotage or like not be a team player is just, that's beside me. I don't understand that in the wedding industry. Yeah. And I, I mean, I should say that like most of the time I've got like really good DJs who are more than willing to like, let me plug in. And there's some bands out there that are really nice too, that just kind of let me plug in and stuff. So, um, really can't complain too much. Sorry. If those ducks are getting, yeah, loud. you got some yeah, mad yeah, uh, duck <laughs> happening <laughs> over there. Yeah. Yeah. They like to, to let me know they're over there sometimes. <laughs> uh for those of you who don't know dusty lives next to uh a giant lake yeah ducks. No, no we got our own ducks like we have pet ducks i'm not kidding oh man yeah no seriously i'll, I'll walk over there i know the people on the podcast won't see this but so you can see them <laughs> oh the, i'm the lucky i'm the lucky yeah, one yeah so uh we built this like a uh, big duck pin and, uh, <laughs> got four ducks dude and they uh they're legit, man. They they actually um we have this little fish pond or whatever, and they they've been swimming in that, but they've been eating my goldfish lately. And so I'm like, you guys are laid off from the pond. I need to, my goldfish population is going down, so I need I need to give them a stress stress break. <laughs> oh man, I don't know what what is the benefit to owning ducks. So sounds super weird, but the eggs dude like duck eggs are actually really healthy for you and they don't taste weird when i tell people like get duck eggs they all look at me like you are out of your mind <laughs> and I'm like, dude that's the magic secret right there i eat duck eggs and it just keeps my creative juices flowing no i'm just kidding oh, <laughs> no man. but seriously um the main reason why we got ducks uh we live in adams county and so originally chickens were illegal and but you could have two ducks and so that's when we started researching like well can you get ducks and then can you do ducks lay eggs and there's different breeds and all that kind of stuff that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, anyway, the, uh... yeah so they just started laying eggs um about two weeks ago and dude we just feed them organic food and they taste just like a chicken egg and it's dude it's awesome man and we don't have to go buy eggs anymore <laughs> they are messy they are messy though i will say that it's not quite worth the trade-off uh what is it five bucks for a dozen of organic eggs we get about two or three eggs a day and but there's a lot of a lot of work involved so hey it's the carbon footprint right you gotta gotta help uh yeah <laughs> not driving to the grocery store for eggs anymore <laughs> oh man uh, yeah i can't say that i've been uh, particularly good about reducing my carbon footprint but <laughs> um yeah so let's talk a little bit of like you know what what's been kind of the biggest i know it's hard to narrow it down i mean it's definitely hard for me to kind of narrow down like you know top top two or three kind of insights into your business but what what have been some things that have really helped you grow and really helped you you know kind of get to the point where you're at now um yeah i think you know like mentors or just other like really talented people you know like being able to collaborate with guys like you and just really brainstorm and like, cause sometimes you, you get in a complacent mode, you know, you, you do weddings the first two years, it's like this super high, you know, you're like, Oh my God, I have the best job in the whole world, you know? And then you start going to the same venues and you start doing the same stuff. And you're like, how do I like, I got to do something new. How do you stay on top of your game? And so it's been nice to like collaborate with other people and, and come up with new things and new ways to do stuff. And, um, you know, just dealing with other vendors, even, you know, like florists and other people in the wedding industry and just, just being friends, like you said earlier, being a real person, you know, and not just trying to push your business on other vendors, but actually building relationships in the industry, um, I think is, has been super strong, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, I agree. I mean, you definitely get to a point I think I've shot like 130 weddings somewhere around there. And like you get to a point where they just kind of all start to feel the same. You're kind of, you're just doing the same video. I know right now, like I've got a formula, like I kind of go into a video knowing exactly what I'm going to shoot and how I'm going to put it together. Um, you know, and, and while that's really good for productivity and it's really good for efficiency, um, 
creatively, it kind of leaves you feeling, uh, you know, kind of unsatisfied. Um, so that, that's a good point. Just getting out there, meeting with other people who are doing the same thing that you're doing and, and maybe doing it differently and, and just kind of working with them and finding people that are better than you too, I think is, is big. Um, cause they're going to show you like a new technique they have or some like new cool, like shot they're doing or whatever. And, um, so I, I think all that stuff is, is super helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for people who like want to like make more money, right? Like, is there anything that you can say or offer to them in terms of advice on how to like specifically make more money? Yeah. I mean, I, one, one a moment in my career was kind of a game changer um we had a uh i don't i wouldn't say it was like a a problem couple by any means um it was it was more of just like the vendors and like the venue and just the way we were being treated you know it just it wasn't like a great experience this particular wedding and the photographer I'd sat down with during the vendor meal, um, she had given me some really good advice. She said, anytime that you're unhappy <laughs> with the results or where you're at, raise your prices 10%. <laughs> and I was like, wait, what? Like, how does that make sense? She's like, well, you're obviously, um, you know, attracting a certain clientele at a certain price. So if you raise your prices 10% every time you're kind of unhappy or you're not seeing things the way you're eventually go into another bracket into another market you know and i was like i never thought of it that way and i thought well that's kind of greedy you know but i was like i'll try it you know and so that night i went home and i raised my prices 10 percent, you know and we just kept kept moving forward and i haven't had that many experiences that were just like not great you know it, i feel like every wedding i go to i'm like man this is the best wedding ever this is you guys have the sickest wedding this is so fun you know and it just keeps come you know adding to itself it's like exponential like it just keeps getting better and better as life goes on and so i don't know if that really touches on the answer to your question or not but um yeah well, help us i think it and i think you're kind of highlighting something that a lot of people don't think of which is there are people in the world who have way more money than you do right so like you might think oh man i'm charging 2,500 bucks, or I'm charging $3,000 to do a wedding. There's people out there who have so much money that that is nothing to them. Right. So, yeah. you know, if you're like, you know, I really should be charging, you know, maybe you feel like you should be charging $5,000 or 7,000 or 10,000 or whatever that number is. There are people out there who can afford to pay that. I mean, you got to get your work in front of their eyeballs and you better be doing a, you know, producing a great product, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes it's, you know, most people grow up in kind of a middle class or maybe even lower class situation. And so all we know is, you know, what a lot of money is to us, but that's not what a lot of money is to other people. Um, so you got to be able to kind of take that leap. And, you know, if you need to raise your prices 10%, then that's, that's what you got to do. It, you know, kind of going along with that, do you find, See, it's weird because I, I've never, I've never said I'm going to raise my prices 10% because then if I did that, it would put me at kind of a weird price point. It would put me like yeah. at a weird number where yeah, it's not like no. this round number of yeah, 3,000 yeah. or 4,000 yeah. or 5,000 yeah. or whatever it is. Like, yeah, it, like it would put me at $2,863. Yeah, yeah it would put me at something weird. So <laughs> yeah, no, do I you think literally I raise your prices 10% or do you do something else? <laughs> Yeah, no, like, yeah, exactly like what you said, you know, like, you look at, take 10%, maybe it's 20%, whatever you feel right about, you know, and, and make it <laughs> uh, an easily readable number, you know. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if it's 2,863, just make it 2899 or something, you know, like, yeah, yeah. just keep the numbers basic. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, do you recommend, like, rounding... And see, I don't have a ton of experience because I've always rounded to the nearest thousand, uh -huh. um, except when I was very first starting out where I was rounding to the nearest, you know, hundred or 500 or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, do, do you always round to the nearest thousand or do you, you, are you not, are you okay with having like a, a 3,200 or a 4,800 or something like that? No. So I, I'm like, um, less, so I wouldn't, you know, if it was 4,000, my package would be like, 
38.50 or 39.99 you know it would always be just under that four just from marketing research and stuff i i feel like even though it's three thousand nine hundred and ninety nine dollars that looks less than four thousand this is like as soon as they see the four and the zeros they're mine just kind of i don't know if it shuts off or probably you know i'm sure there's a lot of other companies that say no it, it doesn't shut off you know but just that's how i do it and there's many ways the cookie crumbles obviously so um, there's no right or wrong way to do it but the way we do it is you know i keep it just under the that benchmark so if i'm doing four five and six you know it's like 3850 4850 you know and so on yeah everything i've ever read on the topic has basically been like it sounds really stupid to price with those nines, you know, thirty nine ninety nine or whatever. But there is a reason that like everybody does it, and it's because yeah. it works. I I mean, it doesn't make sense to me. Like I'm one of those people who I'm like I see that and I'm like, oh, four thousand, right? Why don't you just but, make it a dollar more. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah. but that's how I do it on my price sheets, and I literally that's what I, exactly what I charge people to, unless there's some sort of travel cost or something. Like I will literally charge them when they get the invoice. They're not getting an invoice for those nine, those nines yeah. in there uh, or the, no, they are, they are, they're not getting one. That's just totally uh, zeros at the end. Um, okay. So it is, it is weird, but it, it does work. I, I don't know why, but it, it works. So yeah, man. And so I, I mean, I've only got a couple more questions for you, but you know, as far as like, you know, hiring second shooters and I, have you ever hired anybody to go shoot a wedding for you? Um, yeah. and, and how has that kind of turned out? Cause I know, you know, I'm definitely at a point in my business where my next big hurdle is scaling, right? Like yeah. I want to get people going out and shooting weddings for me. Cause there's so many weddings out there and people don't realize that there's, there's enough room for a ton more videographers. I know in Colorado, we have tons of photographers and there's really only like, and you tell me if you agree or disagree, cause I could be totally wrong, but it seems like there's only like 10 or so videographers even worth considering. Um, okay. Yeah. I, to be honest, so I'm you not... tell, I, you can tell me if you disagree, but this seems like there's a ton of photographers and not nearly enough videographers. Yeah. I think as far as like, I don't know, um, it just depends on like, and that's a tricky one because what, what, what is the bride looking for? Does she just want video clips to, to the music she picked? You know, there's a lot of people out there that are really good at doing that. You know, yeah. that's not my style, but you know, to your comment, you know, maybe there's 10 people that are really into like the documentary style. That's like the storytelling aspect and capturing the emotion and the actual event you know, that, that may be a, a true statement, you know, but there's just, I think like we talked about earlier, there's so many different brides and so many different products out there that there's something for everybody, I think. And, and to, to not limit yourself to like, Oh, well, I'm not producing what, what this company is. I, I don't even want to contend. I wouldn't sell yourself short because I can guarantee that there's a bride out there that loves the product that you're wanting to bring to the market, you know? And so, um, yeah, photography, man, I there is a lot of really great talent out there in that realm as well. And I get jealous because, like, at the end of the day, they get to, like, binge a Netflix show and put some music on and just jam out while they edit. And I'm, like, <laughs> listening to the same toast over and over and over for <laughs> an hour. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. And I wish I could, like, jam out to some reggae right now or something, you know? <laughs> but it's just you got to, like, be – in the story you know and so there is the difference there but i don't know why i brought that up i kind of get off track <laughs> yeah no i mean it just feels like to me at least in colorado like um you know and i'm including people who do kind of long form stuff and you know i don't do a ton of research but like it seems like every planner that i run into just says like oh there's only a few videographers out there yeah. so i feel like they kind of know a little bit better than me cuz i don't really sit there and google you know wedding videographers in colorado and stuff but um yeah i mean i definitely think there's enough room to grow but in terms of like scaling your business i mean have you have you <clears throat> considered scaling your business or are you kind of just moving more into corporate stuff? Um, 
Yeah, no, I mean, scaling is definitely, I feel like, you know, like you said, you're 31, I'm, I'll be 31 in November, and I don't know if it happened to you, but it's like, as soon as I turned 30, I was like, what does this look like 10 years from now, you know, I'm like, this is kind of a work for hire type of job, you know, like, if I'm 40, like, what does retirement look like when I'm 50 or 40, you know, like, I don't know when retirement even is a possibility, but, you know, for work for hire, that's not looking pretty you know it's like right make four to six grand here on this weekend and do it again that weekend and then at the end of the year what's left you know so i think scaling is definitely the way to is a good mindset to have you know and i've hired other other um teams to go shoot weddings in our place and whether that's because i accidentally double booked myself because that never happens right <laughs> no, no <laughs> i'm just kidding no it really did happen though i was like oh my gosh did i do this to myself so i was scrambling i had to I had to find another <laughs> talented team and uh send an apology email but uh <laughs> yeah so anyway um it, it turned out great actually you know it was another really talented team um christian da costa here in colorado he he does some phenomenal work you know and a good friend of mine, Mike Bradley, um, I sent them out, um, to a wedding to film, uh, and, and they, they nailed it. They did a really, really solid job, you know? And I think the hard part about scaling up is, you know, we, if we could clone ourselves, we would. Right. But that's, I think that'll be a possibility soon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, seriously, like everybody has their own style and that's the beauty of the wedding industry is like, people do things differently and and scaling up like you just have to learn to let go a little bit and let people shine where they're they're going to be the best you know like if you try and micromanage another team and say well i want it done this way and i want it done that way and this is how i do it they're going to like lose all creative you know mindset really going into it and they're going to be like screw this guy like i'm just going to do what he wants and then that, that turns into like the, the client that's over your shoulder the whole time. And it's like, didn't you hire the professional for the creative mind? Like you want us to produce a video because this is what we do. And so I think when you're hiring second shooters or second teams or whatever that looks like, let the creative power just flow through them and, and let them shine because you're just going to hurt yourself in the long run, I think. And um, I don't know, that'd be my advice scaling up. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And, I, you know, as time goes on, and I'm, even when I'm just hiring second shooters, now I've started kind of asking them, like, hey, what are you good at? You know, yeah. like, what are the things that you're really good at? Because as a second shooter myself, on a few occasions, like, I've shown up and they've been like, the, the lead person has been like, hey, go do this thing. And I'm like, oh, God, I really suck at that. Like, <laughs> one time I was given a slider and told to just get slider shots. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, I know how to use a slider, but like, yeah. it's not really my thing. Like right. I was really into it for a long time yeah. and now I'm kind of over it. And like, <laughs> yeah. so to just be on a slider all day was like really rough. I'm like, you could, you could have me go do these other 80 things that I'm actually really good at. <laughs> um, so then I kind of flipped that and I was like, okay, so if I, if they did that to me, I'm probably doing that to my second shooters too, where I'm asked, I'm telling them, Hey, go do this thing that I do really well. So now like I'm really good at shooting bride and groom prep. Like that's kind of my thing. Like I don't love doing it, but I'm really good at it. So now I go and do both of those things. Whereas most videographers would probably send somebody over separately to go shoot groom prep or whatever by themselves. Now I take care of that, but I have them go out and do the things that they say they're really good at. Um, so I think that's, I think that's a good place to start. What, what are you looking for when you're looking for shooters, like second shooters, or maybe somebody to go out and shoot for you? What are, what are some of the qualities that you like to see? I mean, that's a good question too. I think the main one is just that they can think for themselves, you know, that there's enough experience there that they can kind of take some creativeness on and, and do things without me necessarily having to tell them like, if you see something getting ready to happen, you know, like grab that if it, if it's going to be good for the story, you know, um, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I use the same second shooter quite a bit. So it's, it's hard for me to compare multiple second shooters, I guess. Um, I don't find myself often trying to find another person I haven't worked for, but I think, you know, um, if I, if I had to go down that path, multiple weekends you know 
I think just that they would be, um, you know, maybe good with audio is a, is a good plus in case I'm tied up doing something else. If they could, you know, handle some audio for me and then I could go, you know, if I need to double check it, you know, but having that communication, like you just said, let me know what you're good at. If they're like, I'm horrible at audio, I'm definitely not going to, that's a pretty big um, key factor for the day. If you don't have audio, you don't have a whole lot, <laughs> you know, if you're trying to do the style that, that we do. Um, and so I, I'm constantly checking audio and, and trying to create backups um, in place. But yeah, I don't know, just someone that's really good with the personality. Like I want to be able to jive with that person, you know, like I don't want someone that's just like, angry or you know just doesn't want to be there you know like i i want to laugh all day and i want to have fun and a good time and so i think that's probably even the bigger than anything else on the list of technicalities is like are we going to get along or you do you want to be my friend like do you want to be in my presence you know <laughs> and i think that's a that's probably a, a pretty solid um thing to look for in a second shooter yeah. So what, what would you say at the moment? Like what's, what are you most proud of in terms of um, like your recent work or is there like a particular video that you think is awesome that you would love for people to check out? Oh man, I don't know. There's, there's so many fun ones that we've done, but um, one that just keeps getting us more and more business um, was a winter wedding. They came, this couple came from Florida and they wanted a winter wedding, but they didn't realize that it was going to be like negative five and it was an outdoor wedding and they decided to go through with it. And that, that probably is one of my favorite weddings. Um, looking back just because, I mean, the sound of like your boots crunching on the snow is just, I don't know. It just does something for me, you know? And like the breath, it's like seeing their breath, you can almost just relive how crisp and cold it was that day. Um, that was really cool wedding. Um, we, we had a lot of fun quite a few years back actually with, um, Wesley Woodyard. He's a Broncos, um, NFL player. Uh, he doesn't play for the Broncos now anymore, but, um, that one's probably the most viral, you know, obviously cause he's an NFL player. So, um, you know, and, and we were still trying to kind of figure things out. Even we, I feel like our weddings we're doing now are significantly better in quality, so to speak, than, than they were there. We were just then starting to introduce aerial and drones and all that kind of stuff, um, for his wedding. And, um, that, that was a really fun one though. I think those two are probably, I don't know, man, I could, I could say something about every wedding we've done every, every single bride <laughs> and groom that we've done have been just so amazing. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. It, where can people uh, learn more about you and, and what you do? Like, feel free to throw out some websites or uh, some Instagram uh, profile <laughs> names or whatever you want. No, man. It's like I said earlier, I haven't, I mean, my social media presence is super lacking. Like, <laughs> my, I haven't touched my web. I mean, you could go check my website out if you want. It's cineprostudios.com. Um, there's, there's stuff on there to, to look at. Um, but yeah, I just, I haven't, sometimes I wonder like, how am I still getting work? Like, I just haven't, <laughs> I don't like my Instagram. I just haven't touched Instagram in like a year and a half. It just, which is, is odd to me because so many people are like, you have to have a social media presence to succeed. And I'm just like, but I don't, I just now started like trying to post stuff on Facebook. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just, I guess. Oh man. So if you're out there listening and you want to talk to dusty, uh, you're gonna, you're gonna have to go to his, uh, his Facebook <laughs> profile that has like yeah. a picture of like one, one duck <laughs> yeah. and yeah, a couple there's, eggs, there's three weddings from this year. And then there's a wedding <laughs> from 2014. <laughs> like, I'm not even kidding. I was looking at that. I'm like, man, I need to upload some more weddings. Like this is horrible, but no, if they want to, if they want to talk to me directly, they could just email me directly. Um, that's just dusty at cineprostudios.com. I'm happy to, to chat with people that way. Well, perfect, man. Hey, thanks so much for uh, taking the time to chat and, uh, yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to hook up and do a, a shoot sometime. Yeah, that'd be a lot That'll of fun. Be, uh... I'm really into uh, exploring like ghost town and like abandoned places, and I've always wanted to like do a I don't know if you'd say a styled shoot, but some sort of shoot in like an abandoned place. Like I think that would be super cool. One of the ghost towns here in Colorado. I don't know. 
Yeah, well, that's like my biggest fear. So I guess we'll have to <laughs> we'll have to find something else to I'll, do. I'll hold your hand. No, I'm just I'm, kidding. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of empty buildings. Really? No. No. But I am I am kind of afraid of dark water. Okay. Uh, like I don't really want to jump into like water where I can't see what's going on underneath. Okay. Uh, I always have this thought that like there's gonna be like these really long weeds or like a very old like cargo net. Or something that's just gonna latch onto my leg and I won't be able to get out and I'll just drown or something. Oh, Dude. I don't know. It just seems terrifying. Although I did go to a like there's this water hole here in Colorado and you can like jump from like thirty feet or something, like kind of insane. Okay, and, uh, I think you I can, know which one you're talking it's, about. It's, I don't know where it yeah, is. Yeah, it's, it's it's pretty deep. Uh it's a pretty deep hole in the ground. And uh I did I did jump into it, not from the full thirty feet, but uh, I'm glad I didn't because I landed on my ass and like the water was so cold. And I think the combination of me like hitting the water like ass first and then being so cold immediately after, like I could barely breathe. Like I see why people like drown for like apparently no reason because uh, the water was so cold I could barely move. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of the uh, the dark water and all that kind of stuff, but. All right. Well, we'll avoid the dark water. We can <laughs> <other> stuff. <laughs> well, well thanks, cool, for, man. Uh, I... thanks for having me, man. This has been great. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And we'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Bye.